Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we are all about empowering you, our entrepreneurial audience, to help take your business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success hacks and strategies with us. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show, download the show, and also passing the show around on social media and sharing all over the place. It's because of you, our loyal Hacker Nation listener community, that Success Hackers is now downloaded and listened to in over 65 countries and growing. If for whatever crazy reason you haven't yet subscribed, go ahead and do that now so you don't miss any new episodes of Success Hackers. Go to successhackers.net to do that. If you haven't yet listened to the last show, make sure to check it out because we had a blast. We had ex-NFL football player turned leadership expert, Jason Carthen. Jason shared two amazing strategies on how you can start attracting influential, successful individuals as business partners. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with two individuals. It's a Success Hackers first who started a business out of their laundry room and since then has created one of the most successful wine companies of all time. Today, our featured guests are Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey. Are you guys ready to rock? We are ready to rock, Scott. <laughs> all right. Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey started in their laundry room with virtually no money and no wine experience. Facing bankruptcy the first years in business, they bootstrapped the novelty brand and revolutionized their industry by employing innovative ideas to overcome obstacles and create new markets. When their nationwide best-selling brand, Barefoot Wines, became a top global brand, they wanted to share their business adventure story to help other entrepreneurs. Since successfully selling the brand to Ian J. Gallo, their passion is to share their expertise with Fortune 500s and startups alike to help others avoid the costly mistakes they made early on and to spend less and monetize faster. In addition, Michael and Bonnie are also New York Times best-selling authors of The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart Built America's Number One Wine Brand. Michael and Bonnie, welcome to Success Hackers. It is so great to have you both on the show. Well, thanks, Scott. It's great to be here. Yes, we're delighted. Well, first off, what is it like to be the founders of one of the largest and fastest growing wine companies in the world? I'll bet there were some really cool parties you guys both got invited to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone likes to have a good time with wine. <laughs> At least a lot of people do. Uh, now is the fun part. When we were building our business, though, that's pretty scary. As as anybody, anyone who's starting a business knows, it's it's pretty frightening not knowing what's around the corner. I'm so excited to be getting in this because you guys are arguably the epitome of what you know entrepreneurship really is all about. And we're going to get into this in a minute, but you started a company. You almost lost the company, which we'll get into what made you turn that around. And then now it sounds like you're really just, you know, expressing your, your gratitude and your purpose and your passion after you sold the company. You probably made a ton of money and now you guys are off living in wine country like you shared with me earlier and, and really, um, expressing how you did it to other entrepreneurs. Is that kind of what's up in your world? Yeah, it, it's pretty much what's up. I mean, we're laughing now, but we were crying then. Yeah. And we certainly understand the pressure that you know, your followers are under in their own businesses. And, and our whole thing is to try to help them avoid the mistakes we made. And a lot of the mistakes we made are common mistakes. You know, they're properly held misconceptions that people have. And we held those misconceptions and we acted on them. And boy, it cost us a ton of money and many, many years. Well, let's get right into that. I mean, right off the bat, I'd love for you guys to share what's one of those things that you just mentioned that maybe you can steer our Hacker Nation community away from something that you did that you wish maybe you didn't do at the time. Well, I think that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, people that are starting off in their business, they think that their business idea is so great that it just has to succeed. Everybody wants one. And uh, they think that's what's going to make them successful is their great idea. When in reality, there are warehouses filled with products that are great ideas that never made it to market. It's really essential to understand all the steps that your product takes from the production line all the way to the end user. And that was one of the biggest lessons that we learned was distribution management. It is essential when it comes to getting your product to market and keeping it there. And I'm referring to specifically products that are on the shelf because that's what we learned. But most all of the information and the lessons that we learned have to do with a service business as well. Take us back to how you actually came up with the name Barefoot Wines. And in the intro, I talked about that you guys really <laughs> didn't have any wine industry experience. So what made you get into that business of all the businesses? Well, it had to do with a need. It had to do with the need of collecting a, a debt that was owed to one of my clients for the grapes that he had grown. He uh, wasn't getting paid for three years. He was owed $300,000. And so I asked Michael to uh, go collect those funds. But that was a little difficult since the uh, winery that owed him the money had just declared bankruptcy. There was no funds to get. So we actually were able to make a trade, thanks to Michael being persistent, which was for bottling services and bulk wine. And that is what actually got Barefoot started, was... Uh, an opportunity, an opportunity to get something um, out of a debt that was owed when it looked like there was no money. And we took that opportunity and we ran with it. Oh and the God. first place that we ran was to the largest supermarket in the state of California. And we asked them what they wanted. 
mainly because we were scared. We weren't from the industry. We didn't know what we were doing. So we were humbled. And we said, uh, just tell us what you want. We can give it to you any way you want it. Because the way we settled the debt was for, for bulk wine and bottling services. In other words, they were going to bottle wine for us any way we wanted it to clear the debt. So we went to the buyer and we said, what would you like? And he said, wow, nobody's ever asked me what I wanted before. They always come in here and beat me up about features and benefits. So that was really our first big business lesson is ask questions. What do you want? And as a result, the guy was, the guy was nice enough to tell me exactly where there was an opportunity. In other words, where there was a hole, where there was a gap, you know, where there was a need. Uh, a lot of people come up with great ideas, but they don't think about how the distribution and commercial system is already set up and has its own demands and its own uh, requirements. So by asking, you know, where there was an opportunity, he told us, and we put out barefoot in a 1.5-liter bottle, that's the big giant bottle, and we put it out in a red and a white varietal, like he asked, and he said to make the name the same as the logo, so barefoot and the foot is the same as the logo, and put it in plain English, which we did, and he said make it visible from four feet away, which we did. So that was kind of like getting a master's degree in uh, wine merchandising in 37 seconds. Why? Because we asked. So really the takeaway there is you guys kind of fell into this business, and I think in listening to your quick story, it was almost as an advantage in that you didn't go in like you mentioned earlier saying, you know, I'm calling the shots here. You actually were humble. You had some humility behind you and you asked questions and you treated the other person like a human being versus a robot. And that in turn opened up some doors for you. And like you said, you guys were open eared, open hearted to learning new things because you, you were brand new. And in turn, that seems like it ultimately worked in your favor. It absolutely did, Scott. It really, really turned out to be an advantage that, uh, we didn't know anything about the wine industry. When people have been brought up in a particular industry or when they've had experience in that industry, they think they know how it goes. And certainly they knew a lot of things that we didn't know, but because we didn't know, we went out and asked a lot of questions and we got answers that people that quote-unquote know-it-all never get because they simply don't ask. Mm. And it was a big eye-opener for us. We have a saying, make friends with people in low places. We made friends with people that had dirt under their fingernails, people that worked on the bottling line, people that were driving a forklift, people that were stocking the shelves in the stores. And we asked them about their job, about how... Um, they had learned different things about our product or product like ours and how we could make their job easier for them to do because you have to rely on all of these people uh, to get your product to market and keep it there. Another hidden asset that we had, or disguised at least, was we had no money. And that too turned out to be an asset because we had to be innovative in the way that we got the message out about our product. And uh, we found that by supporting local fundraisers and nonprofits around the markets where our product was available, that we were able to really connect with large groups of people that, because we supported their causes, they went into the marketplace and they supported us. 
We couldn't afford advertising, Scott. Mm. <laughs> we had no money for advertising. So this is a way that we found that was extremely successful. It was so successful that we never did have paid advertising. We donated our products to local nonprofits. So take it down that one step further. So when you say that they supported you, so I, I have this visual that you guys are taking your bottles to the nonprofits and around town and all that, but ultimately someone has to pay for the bottles eventually. What happened? Did just Was it word of mouth that it caught fire that the local community started to really enjoy the wine and then one thing led to another and everybody was drinking barefoot? No, basically, you know, there's a lot of talk about networking these days. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your people out there uh, in Hacker Nation are thinking, oh, I've got to have a big following. I've got to build up my following. The fact of the matter is there are already big followings that already exist out there that you can tap into. Hmm. And some of the biggest followings are nonprofit organizations. They have newsletters. They have fundraisers. They have events. Uh, and they have goals. And so what we did is we went to those nonprofits and we said, how can we help you achieve your goals? Well, we didn't have any money, but we could take their goals and put them, for instance, on a little card and hang the card on our bottles in the supermarket, which was an area, an audience, uh, a forum, if you will, that they could never get to. So they were quite happy to have us promote them. And, and as a result, the members of the nonprofit saw that we were shouldering in with them and had the same goals that they did. And so now they had a social reason to buy our product because they could have gone out and bought any product. It's just that they chose to buy ours because they saw us as allies. We love our aha moments here on Success Hackers. You guys started off in the laundry room trying to build your wine business Competing in one of the toughest industries on the planet, the world of alcoholic beverages, was there maybe an aha or a light bulb moment when you knew that even though this was a really crowded industry, you maybe knew that Barefoot Wines would be successful? Was there maybe a, maybe a specific purchase order that took place or maybe as simple as someone tasting your wine and loving it? Do you actually remember that one light bulb aha moment? Well, I think the big aha moment was we did what a lot of young entrepreneurs do, which is we expanded too fast. We didn't realize how much of the other guy's job we were going to have to do just to keep our products in stock and moving through the pipeline. So we thought, oh, Hawaii's perfect. You know, everybody's running around barefoot. They're getting married barefoot. Half the bars are called barefoot. What a great place for barefoot wine. And so, you know, I went over there and uh, we got a distributor and we went out and we sold all the liquor stores and all the supermarkets. They loved it and everything, but we didn't get a reorder. And so finally, Bonnie says, you know, we haven't gotten a reorder. You spent all that money to go to Hawaii and you told me that you sold. I said, yeah, we sold. She says, but I didn't get any reorders. You better go back. So I went back and you know what? It had sold out and it wasn't replaced. And the reason it wasn't replaced was because the clerk didn't replace it. We never thought that would happen. And the distributor salesperson who represented our product, he never asked for a reorder. We never thought that would happen. And other kinds of crazy things happened that had nothing to do with our price or our product or our quality. So then, you know, finally Bonnie says, you know, it costs too much to go to Hawaii. you got to pull out. So we pulled out. And we were out of Hawaii for two years. 
and we realized that we couldn't go back to Hawaii until we could afford to have a person who actually lived in Hawaii who would just police our goods and go into the stores every day and make sure they were priced right, make sure they were in stock and all that stuff. And so that was the aha moment for us. That's when we said, hey, we're not in the wine business at all here. We're in the distribution management business. Mm. And I think the big aha moment for most entrepreneurs is when they realize the real business they're in because we all go into business with these ideas about what the business is but then the business tells us what the work is and a lot of times that's surprising and from that point on as we grew across the nation we only opened markets where we had a salesperson that could watch the distributor, make sure they didn't run out of product, make sure they were picking up the orders, watch the retail stores, making sure that the product was on the shelf, not stuck in the back room and it was priced right, and going into the community to talk to other people, the members of the community about what their interests were and supporting their causes. That's what was required, and I think that that was a major key to bear Barefoot Wine's success. You know, and you guys know better than anybody, a lot of entrepreneurs have what I call the shiny object syndrome. Everything's over there looks shiny and sexy, and then it's on to the next thing, and they have a tough time staying focused. You mentioned that in your video series, Spend Less, Monetize Faster with the Entrepreneur's Guiding Principle for Success. What does that mean to monetize faster, and how can someone monetize faster? Okay, so... When you go into business, you really go into business for one of three reasons. You either go in there because it's your passion and, you know, you want to throw pizza, you like throwing pizza, that's what you do. See, so that's one reason. Another reason is uh, you actually think that your kids are going to take over the pizzeria, you know, and take care of you in your old age. That's called a legacy. Good so, luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, most businesses are sold within, like, 90 days after the patriarchs pass. So... Then there's the third reason you go into business, and this is the reason we went into business, and it's the reason I think most of your listeners are in business, but they don't really think about it, and that is you go into business to create and build a brand that you want to sell someday. In other words, your business has a name. Your business has followers. Your business has customers. And your business is producing a product. A product has a name. Maybe it's a service. Maybe it's an application. But the idea is that one day you want to get bought up by a big boy. You know, maybe it's Google. Maybe it's a Yahoo. I don't know. But someday somebody buys you up. Well, guess what? That's payday. Because before payday, you're constantly reinvesting in your business to grow it. Because what have you done? You've created a market. You've shown everybody there's a market. Well, guess what? They're going to jump on the bandwagon and copy you. So the only advantage you really have is that you're first to market with your idea. You might have identified the market, but you're first. So you have to stay ahead. So you keep throwing money into it and you say, when do I finally get paid on this deal? And the answer is when Mr. Big comes knocking at your door. So is that a reason why, um, Michael, everybody should, because, you know, you hear different sides of the spectrum. You guys Obviously, you built this thing up from literally nothing. You sold it to the E&J company, E&J Gallo, um, and you guys, you know, cashed out and all is well. But a lot of people, they go into business never, ever in a million years thinking about that, right? And maybe some people up until this show have never thought about that. I think it's an amazing way to think it, think of your business. But maybe they're just like, man, I quit corporate world. 
I got into selling widgets or being a chiropractor or opening up a spa or coaching or speaking or whatever. But what you're saying is, yes, take that and be very good at it, but have the end in mind of what could it look like 5, 10, 12, 15 years down the road if a bigger conglomerate came in and bought up your company. Yes, you've exactly got it, Scott. In the Entrepreneur's GPS, Guiding Principles for Success, uh, that, that we are, um, very happy to offer to any of your listeners. The first part of the series, it's four one hour parts. The first part is starters for startups. And we talk a lot about how to prepare yourself to go into business. And one of the things that we talk about in addition to what Michael had said, which is the why, why you're going into business, is Prepare for the sale. Be aware if you are looking for a sale or a merger or handing it off to another family member and prepare from that for that on day one. All right. Can you guys get vulnerable with us just for a minute? Sure. I think we can. So <laughs> you alluded to this earlier, but I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at failure just a little bit differently than most people. They use failure as feedback and course correction. Take us back to a time when you failed, maybe even wanted to give up, but you actually used that one specific failure or moment as fuel to your success fire. Well, I think it was when we were turned down uh, by the largest supermarket in the state because when we first took on the debt, and instead of getting paid in money, we got paid in wine and bottling services, and we gave the guy exactly what he asked for. He wouldn't take it. Ah, so much for plan A. Yeah, so <laughs> here we are. You know, we've got this stuff all bottled up, and it's just the way he asked for it, but he won't take it. Why won't he take it? Because we won't advertise. Why won't we advertise? Because we can't afford 150000 bucks in advertising. So now we have to go out there and start all over again and sell every mama papa, every corner store, every independent store. And so that for us was a big blow, you know, because we realized I even told the guy when he turned me down, I said, you know, how am I going to do this? He says, well, I guess you got to go sell every independent and every individual. I said, oh, my God. I said, that's going to take years. He said, that's right. You better get started. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it did. It took years. And in the process, we really had to get humble and say, okay, here we go. So instead of one guy who was buying for 300 stores, we were dealing with 300 people who were buying for one store each. And oh my gosh, what a, a lesson that was. Uh, and, you know, and we found out that it was a great opportunity for us because in some states in the United States, that's the only way you can sell alcohol beverage is one by one. States like Colorado, for instance, only one license per owner. Same, same in New York. You know, you go to states like Connecticut, three licenses per owner. So it gets to be uh, a grind and we learned what the grind was all about. But yeah, that was, that was a blow. Hacker Nation, oh my God, there's so many great nuggets in that, in that quick story. I mean, there's a lot of people out there listening going, man, I don't know what to do. I am forced with the decision. And I always say that when you're forced with that decision, whether it's God, the universe, Buddha, whoever you dig the most, that's your opportunity. That's your, that's your ultimate test mode, I call it. And you have a decision to make. 
And to me, whenever I get that nudge, that nudge of, oh my God, I think, you know, I'm getting kind of uh, a little freaked out here. To me, that's, that's the universe pushing me outside of my comfort zone where the real growth is. And that's exactly what it sounded like what happened for you guys. Exactly. It's uh, inspiration. That's where inspiration is born, is when you're challenged. So guys, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow themselves and their business. Michael, you just talked about how to monetize faster, and so did you, Bonnie, in terms of building a business with the sort of the end in mind. But what's one actionable success hack that you can leave with our listeners so that they can listen to this and then implement it in their business like right away? Preferably the earlier the better in your business, but go out and meet with a business broker. Go out and meet with someone who has sold uh, a business like yours to someone successfully and that other business did well with it. And by doing that, you can ask a lot of questions and you can learn better where your own goals may be for your company, particularly if you're looking to sell. You'll find out what the metrics were, how large a market the company that sold had, oh, their growth rate, their growth opportunities, um, what kind of real estate they had, and all of these things. And, of course, the selling price, if that's publicly available. And you'll learn these things from a business broker. Yeah, and I love that piece of advice. And it, and it translates into whether you're in the alcohol, in the product, in the distribution business – and you guys hire a business broker, as you call it, or a lot of our listeners, you know, are um, maybe solopreneurs, and maybe they have a small team, and they're looking to get the edge, and maybe they're not interested necessarily in the business brokerage per se. But I always say that surround yourself with mentors, with business coaches, with someone that's been there, that's done it. To your point, successful people surround themselves with other successful people. And if you're trying to do it all by yourself, you're actually doing yourself and your business a huge disservice. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Very well put, Scott. You're here. Michael and Bonnie, we are now going to enter what we call the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seats. Okay. Whatever the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Michael and Bonnie, are you guys ready for the randomness round? We are ready. Best advice you've ever received. Who's going to buy your business when and why? What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I go out and take a walk and enjoy the outdoors, the singing birds, the blooming flowers, and just breathe some fresh air to try to clear my mind. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Well, I would say whatever you do, it's pretty much a get-rich-slow scheme. You know, just forget about all those overnight millionaires that you read about. I mean, they only talk about the people that win in Las Vegas. They don't talk about the people that are going up there and pumping the machines. So the bottom line is I would tell myself to become more dedicated, see things through. In other words, don't give up if it doesn't make you a million a year or two. I'm sorry it took longer, right? What's the one trait that you have that's contributed to your success? Well, I'm persnickety. 
I review things. I look it over. Um, Michael has the big scope. It's one reason why we work so well together. He's got the big picture, and I'm taking care of the details. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I can swim a couple of laps underwater. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. If you yeah. could recommend one social media tool or service to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? I would recommend um, Skype or GoToMeeting because the human being has 20 muscles in its face and the human being can make 600 expressions with that. And you need to see those expressions when you're talking to them live in real time, not text, not email, but actually talk to them face to face. Uh, you will see if they're getting what you're saying or not. You'll make corrections in your approach and your meetings will be much more fruitful. All right, Michael and Bonnie, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you both for your time and sharing these incredible success hacks and strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you guys and your business, your courses, or anything else that they can learn more about you? They can go to www.thebarefootspirit.com. You know, when you go to our website, www.thebarefootspirit.com, you'll see all the social media handles and everything that we have, and uh, you'll enjoy it. You'll also be able to check out uh, our webinar, uh, which is uh, the Entrepreneur's GPS, and you'll find out more about that. And it's a... Uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for people who are starting a business or thinking about it or they're in growth phase to really find out what people who have 30 years of experience of basically, you know, making mistakes and faux pas uh, have to tell you and uh, warnings and uh, solutions. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with both Michael and Bonnie and on that site, you will see all the links that they just talked about. You can access them and find out all about their company and all about their webinar and their products. It's actually a really, really cool site, and uh, make sure to check that out. And also, make sure when you're on the successhackers.net site, don't forget, subscribe so you can get all new episodes. Remember, for all the listeners here on Success Hackers, Audible is giving away a free audiobook download with your 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. Over 200,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Grab your 30-day free membership by going to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.